Here he is, our new Prime Minister. Her Majesty the Queen has asked me to form a new government, and I have accepted. Tonight, a new product launched. The last time there was this much fuss over a tablet, well, it was a long time ago. Today, Apple came out with its new half-inch thick electronic tablet, a kind of giant iPod touch called the iPad. It's being called a catastrophe of major proportions. The Caribbean island nation of Haiti has been rocked by its biggest earthquake in more than 200 years. The 7.0 quake hit just south of the capital, Port-au-Prince, and was followed by two dozen strong aftershocks. South Africa is about to host the greatest show on earth. But can the Football World Cup meet the expectations of a country gripped by crippling inequality? Sarasayag has been beaten by the shot from distance. What a strike from Kazuki Honda. That's probably the best free kick we've seen in the FIFA World Cup of 2010. Can lightning strike twice in Rustenburg? Sorensen must be concerned. How about that? Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller, opposite me of course is Jonathan Wilson and today on the pod we have Shinobu Yamanaka, the football writer uh, from Japan of course. Shin, it's a pleasure to have you here. Not at all. Um, We go back to the World Cup in 2010, the Group E first round game, which ended Denmark 1, Japan 3. Shin, why have you gone for this game? Uh, Yes, uh, obviously it's purely from the Japanese perspective. So it wasn't really a greatest game or a most exciting game. But uh, for me, the reason was uh, it's actually twofold. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think uh, it was the... uh, First, uh, our first proper win in the World Cup as a non-host nation, yes, and against uh, at least for us uh, more than a decent side, yeah. And uh, that performance and also that three-one win as a result uh, sort of showed, uh, at least to me, that uh, uh, our defensive organization uh, could do the job at that level, yeah, uh, as opposed to the uh, frantic, you know, do or die defending for ninety minutes, which which went on and on for the previous tournaments. <laughs> yeah. But this was more measured and controlled uh, defending. Mm. And also teams showed that, that uh, more attacking intent when they, whenever they had a ball. So in a way that the performance showed that uh, uh, we are now ready to move on to the next step, which is uh, to focus more on the, what we are really good at, uh, mm-hmm. which is like a pass and move sort of football based on the uh, assured technique. Yeah. So that was the first thing. And secondly, it was totally unexpected. <laughs> yeah, because uh, before we went into the tournament, uh, the expectation uh, from the nation was nothing, zilch. Yeah, and the team was led by the unpopular manager. And those, especially after uh, we lost all the four preparation games, the international friendlies before the tournament. Yeah, and uh, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, so there's no expectations. And uh, at the first game, uh, even before the first ball for us was kicked in the, in the first game against Cameroon, I even thought personally had uh, sort of sort of I thought so a bad omen because uh, when I arrived at the stadium and look at the stands mm. and uh, there was a banner uh, displayed by the Japanese supporters and obviously it's written in Japanese, but if I translate it in English, it it meant something like nothing is impossible. But it was partially covered by a smaller flag. It read, nothing is possible. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, great. What a way to start. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, after the Denmark game, we scored three against Denmark mm. and uh, six points in the back and went through the knockout stage. So uh, it was total surprise. And uh, during that uh, three-game period, especially uh, during this uh, Denmark game, 
Keisuke Honda emerged as uh, our new talisman for Japan mm. football. So those are two reasons. Very good reasons indeed. I mean, going yeah. So I mean, Japan obviously hosted, co-hosted in 2002 with South Korea, and often the host nation is. Uh, treated slightly differently. Well, I mean, in the terms of South Korea, definitely, but I didn't mean that. Uh, um, but as in the, the, the viewing public who are not aware. So say take the US in 94, for example, even though they got to the second round, perhaps didn't find their feet at the World Cup, probably until 2002. Well, I mean, it's just a different, it's a totally different situation, yeah. partly because you get an easier draw because you're, you're seeded mm-hmm. and partly because you have all the advantages of playing at home, you have exactly. a home crowd, you you know the environment, mm-hmm. you know the, the climate. climate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, Japan's first World Cup had been 98. Yeah. From I remember reading a piece by you oh, in, yeah, in the Blizzard yeah. talking about... Yeah. Three defeats. Uh, <laughs> well, three defeats, but the, the goal, the first oh, yeah, goal yeah, was scored goal and, and yeah. what a big moment even that was. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was uh, scored by uh, Masashi Nakayama, and who, who is one year younger, and we went to the same high school. So that was my proud moment. Yeah. <laughs> and you were watching that in a pub in London? In a pub in London, central London, because at that time I was working for a company and I was doing the uh, Japanese salaryman bit. So uh, <laughs> I was off and I was watching the game and surrounded by English people and a few uh, Jamaican people. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I think I was the only one who stood up and shouted when the Nakayama scored a goal. <laughs> and it was more like a consolation goal late in the second mm. half, but it was a big goal for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But these moments, though, they're very important in the well, countries. Uh, the first tournament I covered was uh, the Asian Cup in 2000. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how, you know, whether this game is seen as being huge in, in Japanese history, but certainly my perception is a total outsider. The first group game, uh, Japan played Saudi Arabia, who was sort of the, the great Asian power at the time. And they absolutely destroyed them. And it was an amazing night. It was in Saida uh, in Lebanon. And it was sort of the stadium had sort of three low sides, and then the main side was quite high, and the press box was right up the top of this sort of three-tier, maybe two-tier stadium. So you could see right across, and the sea was just behind us. And to the right was this old Crusader fort. But you could hear the sea all the way through the game. It sounds quite upsetting. looking straight across, uh, you could see um, the the hills that form the Becker Valley, um, which sort of goes into the the border with... Mm. Jordan, whatever that border is, <laughs> yeah. and Syria further to the north. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of a great wine region of Lebanon. And the north end is, is I think, still controlled by Hezbollah, uh-huh. where the, the huge temple of Jupiter is. Which I went to yeah. visit. And, but anyway, uh, there's a. Uh, I'm welling up here. This is incredible. <laughs> there was, a, there was a, a fun fair. And so you had a Ferris wheel and yeah. the, the Helter Skelter and everything. Bring us back down to earth. And um, it, was, it was early evening, mm-hmm. and the sun set, and the sky was sort of this incredible pinkish purple. And then there's a thunderstorm, and he has this sort of this this incredible coloured sky of flashes of lightning mm. above this sort of silhouette of a fairground. And on the pitch in front of that, Japan, I think four one it finished against Saudi Arabia. Right. But I've got a suspicion they were four 0 up mm. after about an hour or something. Mm. And this sort of it felt like this seismic moment of yeah, there's only one team who actually mm. yeah, it's, it's really obviously the best team in Asia are. And of course they went on to win that tournament under yeah, Philippe Trissier. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an awakening of Japan. So, so as an yeah, I, I, I guess the point, yeah. point I'm making is, I mean, I was at this game in Rustenburg as well. Um, but this, for me, was sort of mm-hmm. the end of sort of a 12 year period of me sort of waiting for Japan to arrive. 
And here they are really arriving. So it was your first tournament that you covered that? Because it's quite incredible that it was the awakening of Japan as an international side and the awakening of Jonathan Wilson, the man, really, with the <laughs> career. Uh, so, yeah, two incredible reasons why um, we all remember that tournament fondly, of course. But, uh, but yeah, so Japan, they'd obviously hosted in 2002, as we mentioned. In 2006, they'd picked up just one point and finished bottom of their group. Yeah, that was a, quite a shock for us. Because... Uh, uh, was that a bit of a come down? Because they'd reached the knockouts in 2002... Uh, and had gone out, maybe a touch disappointed, but perhaps, you know, it was perhaps there was the excitement of hosting the tournament. So again, oh, yeah. that could be that that could be seen as a bit yeah, of a blur. Of bubble burst. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, was was it overshadowed in a sense because South Korea did so well? Uh, not really, because I think uh, out of most of the Japanese people, I think we are more uh, feeling down to it because we had a good, good expectation uh, for that team. Because we thought that the team leading uh, went into the Germany was uh, certainly at the moment the strongest squad ever for us. Yeah. Have, yeah, quite established. And there's well, an element of expectation. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And, but uh, we also had the feeling that uh, there could be a tough reality because at uh, 2002, uh, you know, even though, uh, even without the home advantage, the teams we played against was like Belgium, which is before the current golden generation. Mm. And the uh, Clubs like uh, and Russia, Russia Tunisia. and Tunisia, yeah, and which uh, is uh, what's the point I'm making about getting an easy draw? Oh, yeah, you see yeah, yeah. Because in 06, they were in with what Brazil and Croatia. Yeah, it was in that group, I believe. Yeah, Croatia and Australia first game. Yeah, mm. and we we lost because yeah, uh, Tim Cahill scored the two goals. Oh, that's right. Australia blitzed yeah. them towards yeah. the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. Japan did hold the lead. I, I think they had held the lead against Brazil, so they they had a. Oh yeah, a little, yeah. A little we moment. ended up losing for one. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. But but of course, yeah. They ultimately disappointed yeah, in two thousand six, yeah, finishing I, bottom of the group. With yeah, because I point. still have the uh, newspaper clipping from the uh, Germany uh, tournament. Mm. Uh, I think it was a clipping from the uh, Daily Mail and uh, reporting the uh, the Croatian game, which is the second game in the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up nil nil, and uh, there was a great picture of the uh, Yoshi Kawaguchi, our then goalkeeper, who who used to be a pumpy goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and he made the great save, jumping to diving to his left, and uh, stopped the uh, Croatian penalty. And it was a great shot, great picture as well. But that was the only positive thing came out from that. <laughs> yeah. And the headline for the report says Zico. Uh, he was at the, at the time our national team manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be the first Brazilian to go home. No, right. <laughs> so that was the kind of tournament for us. So it's all oh, disappointing. Yeah. So in 2010, then going into that tournament, I mean, was there? You said there was sort of zero expectation. I mean, the Netherlands had beaten as we expected. Well, they beat Denmark 2-0. They'd beaten Japan 1-0. Um, and Denmark had beaten Cameroon 2-1. But crucially, um, because of that, uh, they'd only been beaten 1-0 uh, mm. against the Netherlands, of course. Um, you know, the, and Japan, Japan had beaten, beaten Cameroon. 3-1. Goal difference was on their side. I mean, the Cameroon game, winning 3-1, I mean, oddly, not a bad Cameroonian side, even though they finished... Bottom of that group, you know, Etu was in there and, yeah, and one or there. two others. Yeah. But was that surprising that Cameroon, uh, that, that um, Japan yeah, it, beat Cameroon? It was, it was also, a, you know, uh, like a surprise and more like a, an upset, you know, even in the yeah. tournament. Yeah, because you no, saw three goals. I mean, for crying out loud. No, it's one. Oh, sorry, game was one sorry I'm, talking, I'm jumping yeah, ahead. I'm yeah. jumping ahead. Um, but yeah, to, to, to win a game, as you say, at the World Cup has been mm. quite rare for Japan. So mm. that must have provided a bit of excitement. Yeah, yeah, but it was also kind of a lucky win because uh, it was 1-0, as you pointed out, and also it's mostly thanks to our defending, <laughs> you know, mm. just make sure we, we don't concede, you know, just not to lose. And uh, uh, one of the very limited chances Honda scored, so mm-hmm. that was 1-0. So in a way that uh, it wasn't really expected, but uh, we could see if we managed to, you know, keep the score as low as possible for a longer period, then we can sneak the, you know, mm-hmm. we can nick the one point or maybe even three points. 
So, but uh, even though it was same win, but the Denmark game was different. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, uh, in this first game we went to the defensive mind, mm. but the third game we uh, even though uh, we are ahead of the uh, uh, the uh, second second spot race uh, with mm. the goal difference, but uh, this game, uh, the third game in Denmark, actually uh, we went in with the attacking intent. Yeah. We used a four-two-three-one for the first time in the tournament, mm-hmm. even though it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> but, did, but when looking at that group, e Jonathan, when you see Netherlands, Denmark, Cameroon, and Japan going into that, did did you even think Japan could get out of that group? Uh, I did because I'd seen Cameroon in Egypt. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> and that was nothing like as good as I. And look, I mean, you look back at the, the players in there, and there's people like Alex Song and, and Eto, as you say, mm. and. Stephen, when I say it's a decent side, there's names in there. Jeremy, but Paul Le Guin and that score did not get on. <laughs> um, yeah, safe to say. So, you know, you, you, you always, like, you know, Cameroon in 1990 mm. uh, was a shambles for build-up. Everything went wrong. Yep. Uh, it ended up essentially the players you know, running it, not, not uh, Nepomniachi, the coach, who'd been imposed at the last minute. So you sort of think with Cameroon, yeah, who knows? They've got the, the quality there, but I, 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 well, I, I thought as it turned out, it would be, be between Japan and Denmark as to who went through in second. Mm-hmm. I thought Denmark probably would, but I, you know, I, I did think Japan had a chance. But it wasn't a terrible Denmark, Denmark side. No, not at all. No, I mean, uh, yeah, Sevenson in goal, Daniel Agger. Uh, Yondal Thomas and Dennis Romadel. Very Bentner. young, very young Christian Eriksen. Yeah. Oh yeah, he came on. He came off the bench, yeah. Uh-huh. He was about 18, I think, at the time or something like that. Yeah. So there's certainly a few names um, in there, but going into that match, did, 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 I mean, they'd beaten Cameroon, of course, but really, did Japan, was it, the, the European side would have been seen as more of a scout, perhaps? Uh, yes, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And also, I mean, uh, as you just pointed out, the names, na- player names, it's quite uh, played a big part th- psychologically towards mm-hmm. Japanese. Because uh, if you look at the uh, uh, Danish uh, starting eleven and uh, on paper, uh, and if you're thinking about them in the, at the club level, uh, they don't really, you know, instill fear into them. But uh, when it comes to the international game mm. and uh, having them as an opponent for Japan, you know. All of a sudden, you see, you know, if you think about the uh, Bentner as an Arsenal player, we think, oh, we can deal with him. And Sorensen <laughs> goal for Stoke. And yeah. even just before the two months before this uh, Denmark game, I was at the Stamford Bridge and the Chelsea put the seven goals into Stoke. Mm. Yeah, and even though Sorensen was uh, only involved in the first two goals because uh, he was stretched off in the first half. But, you know, nobody, in, you know, Screams out that you know we are we are unbeatable or anything. But uh, when it comes to the uh, against them for a Japan game, we think, oh yeah, Bentona big, Sorensen huge, mm. and all the players and the cl- club names, Juventus, Liverpool, Ajax. You you, yeah, you suddenly yeah. those names yeah. jump out a little yeah. bit more, don't they? Well, and yeah. also with Denmark, you sort of know what you're going to get. Yeah? yeah, I mean, especially with mm. with Morten Olsen as coach, you know they're going to be very solid. Yeah, solid. You, you know they're yeah. not going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. That you know, if 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 you're not, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's yeah, you know, any slip you make, they will have a capacity to punish you. It's yeah. not going to be; they might not be brilliant names. They might not be going to play off a park, mm. but equally, you'll get nothing mm. easy out of them. They don't always qualify, but I believe the stat was that up until that tournament, whenever they had qualified, they'd always got through their group. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so so you know, relatively speaking, population size taken into account, blah 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 blah. They actually. Had a well, bit I think of that, that point of, of population size is a huge one. I think they massively, certainly, yeah. certainly since sort of 84, they mm-hmm. massively have overperformed. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. All right, let's have a quick break, and after which we'll talk about the actual 90 minutes. 
And uh, Sorensen, oh my goodness me, he's having a bit of a horror night, isn't he? Japan throwing everything into another attack. The ball in is good. Oh, the brilliant dribble is good. The pushback is good. It's a goal for Japan, which takes them into the last 16. It's from the left foot of Okazaki. Welcome back to the Greatest Games podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. So then, uh, they, they face off, of course, um, in that match. And Japan uh, and Denmark... Japan... As I say, they only needed a draw, yeah. but they started pretty much on the front foot, didn't they? Yeah, the, uh, from the start, uh, we tried to move the ball quite quickly, and so showing their attacking intent. And uh, even before the uh, you know the Honda's opening free kick, uh, we had uh, two good chances mm. around the thirteenth minute or something. So uh, two good chances. So and for those chances that the the players who actually shot one was saved, one was I think off target, yeah. but uh, they were two midfielders. So show, that that means that the the midfielders from second row, they mm. go beyond the, you know, our central striker, which was Honda at the time. Well, they're, so, they're bringing bodies forward. Yeah, so that was quite... So, uh, so, so were you saying before that there was a tactical change for this game? Because the, no, no we started 4-2-3-1. Right, but, but it's the same It's the same 11 that have played, the yeah, same the players who played. Yeah, but, but so, for the first two games, it was 4-1-4-1. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, and the midfield is actually more like a three-centre. Yeah, like uh, I'll be holding as an anchor man. Okay, uh, so what, Hasebe dropped Hasebe deeper? Hasebe Endo, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 4 2 3 one was... I mean, as you, Euro 2008 was really where that sort of came okay, in. Yeah, but, but 2010, everyone seemed to be doing yeah. that. Mm. You know, um, packing that sort of midfield, I suppose, or putting that extra player in there. Well, 43-1, I think, you know, you can see its evolution from around about, you know, Euro 2000, these teams mm. started to do it. Mm-hmm. By 2010, it's almost become slightly old-fashioned. Yeah. But it, it, uh, it, it allows you to get dribblers back into the game without losing solidity. Mm-hmm. That That's why I think it's a really useful formation. That's why it's sort of a, it's a good default to have. Yeah. And international football, when coaches don't have as much time to work with teams, it, it, it's a it's a it's an easy thing for players to understand. But I hadn't I have to say I hadn't appreciated that, that Japan had changed shape in this game. I, I just sort of yeah. knew the players were the were the same players. Mm. Yeah, the four two three only lasted probably less than twenty minutes. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was mainly because that we couldn't catch uh, Thomason because he was popping up and everywhere, and uh, he he was free uh, too often to our liking. So. Uh, after the Honda's first goal, I think it was uh, I think it was Abe, uh, who the manager was calling to the sideline and uh, telling him to make sure that they change it into the four one four one. Okay, right. so went back to the shape yeah, they've been yeah, playing. Yeah. Okay, am I right in saying that two Japanese players got booked in the first half an hour for time wasting? Really? Oh, I didn't remember. That's that. what I read in the match report. Oh, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was something which right. seemed at odds with the way the game flew, which is why I'm doubting myself when I said oh, well, that. Well, Endo and Nagatomo were both booked. End after twelve minutes, Nagatomo like after twenty six yeah. minutes. Yeah, well, so maybe partially because that uh, you know, we were quite aggressive up front. I mean, uh-huh. we can't really say that we 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 we, we made high line, but uh, we tried to mm-hmm. uh, press them uh, at, from the from the front because that uh, in a way we force them to play long. Yeah, because uh, that this tournament. Well, Denmark don't mind that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the people say that uh, we played in their hand, but we also think that uh, at this tournament. We realized that we had a good enough uh, centre back pairing, so the we, we, the players knew that the, they could more than compete in there as well. Mm. So the so players, the, the around, two centre backs, are what Nakazawa uh, and Tanaka, Tanaka, yeah, Tanaka, yeah. Tulio, uh, mm. naturalized Brazilian. So they yeah. were they were good. I mean, they are shorter than uh, my Yoshida, you know, at Southampton, but uh, they were solid enough. Yeah. yeah. So the players around them, uh, they can focus on make sure they get to the second ball. So then we went attack. 
So that was there the mentality. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the first goal that arrives on, on 17 minutes. I mean, in the 42 previous games at this tournament, we'd seen one free kick scored with that Jabulani ball, which was quite controversial football. It was a terrible, terrible football <laughs> and made for terrible, terrible tournaments. However, the Japanese were and a step ahead. Well, they, yes, they were because it had been used in the J-League. Which is a smart move. Yeah. Not that Honda played in the J-League. Well, but, uh, sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, but it was a smart move from the Japanese, I suppose, mm. to do that because it it's strange that a football was so controversial, but this was... Well, I mean, you'd, we'd seen at the Couple of Nations earlier that year that yeah. it was a terrible football. It moved around too much. But it's play, you know, players just didn't know. It wasn't like a normal boss, but players didn't know how to control it. Mm. Just, uh, such a, I mean, it's an extraordinary well, thing to it's, think. It's, it's sort of, yeah, it's a, a problem of modern football that marketing hype takes over everything. Mm. So, oh, we're going to make a new ball for the tournament. Yeah, well, why don't you just use a ball that we know works? Yeah. And if you want to put a different design on it, fine. But Yeah. And, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, I think free kicks are an easy kind of rule of thumb to kind of know how, how good or how controllable a ball is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, as you say, they've been... One, well, one previous free kick in, in this tournament. In the, the I, th- I think I'm right game. in saying there'd been three free kicks scored in the whole of the Cup of Nations. Right. All right. And that was, I mean, it was in it was in Angola. Angola, mm-hmm. the circumstances were very, very difficult. The tournament really was a, a yeah. horrendous tournament for all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we hadn't quite been awake enough to how bad the ball was. Yeah. But it wasn't just free kicks. It was, you know, you'd see players trying to hit a sort of forty yard pass, yeah, yeah. and they'd catch over. it wrong and it'd go all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the counterexample of this is Maradona managing Argentina, wandering on the pitch, smoking a cigar, oh, yeah. wearing these tiny little shiny leather shoes, smashing a ball the first time <laughs> yeah. at the top corner. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is like. Yeah. <laughs> do what I do. On the pitch. Not off the pitch. Um, but yeah, so, so um, Honda steps up to take the free kick. And he's 35 yards out. It's mi- yeah, 40 yards yeah. out. It's miles yeah, out. He's yeah. well, no right to score from there and, yeah. and, and smashes it. It's quite Cristiano Ronaldo-esque, yeah. I suppose yeah. you, we would say now, yeah. with the stance and, and, and the technique. Mm. And Sorensen will be disappointed that a free kick has gone in from, from that far mm. out at that angle. But then when you think about the ball, is he that much to play? Yeah, yeah. It didn't yeah, move I mean, he, he takes a slight hop to his left which means he can't then get across. Because that's a, the, the thing with the free kick, it it essentially goes dead straight. Yeah. And it, it it's, it's if you look, look at the look at the slow motion, look at the ball, mm. it's not spinning at all. No. It's just sort of yeah. wobbling in the air. Yeah. And it, it does go up and down a bit, but it doesn't go light, laterally. Mm. So if Sorensen stayed where he was, he'd stepped across to his right and saved it quite easily. But mm. I think the ball had gotten keepers' heads. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. And so, I mean, you've got to give Honda credit for, I think that side foot technique, I think he was deliberately just thinking, if I get this on target, yeah, mm. yeah, there's, a, there's a chance the ball yeah. will do something weird. Yeah. And I, I know the goalkeepers are, are sort of worried by this. Mm. Yeah. And I think Sorensen tried to second guess where he was going to go and then couldn't get across yeah. to it. And even though that he was uh, reacted a bit late, but uh, he still went to catch it with both hands. And mm. That was another reason why that he went in. Because if he tried to with his right arm or something, he might have... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so a rare free kick scored at the tournament, and then of course, thirteen minutes later, we had another one uh, yeah. to put Japan Japan two 0 up. Yeah, yeah Endo, and and this was a lovely free kick. Yeah, I don't think there's too many complaints. No, about so it's it. a more <laughs> traditional. <laughs> traditional <laughs> is the word. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever the ball is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think whether that'd have been a tango or a brazooka, if you will. But uh, the only thing I'd say in. about it is, I mean, because it's so close in. Uh, you don't have to strike it with any power. No. Mm. And that, I think, makes you just a little clip around the right side of the wall. It's yeah. beautifully placed. Especially it's when it's so central as well. But like it, that. once you take power out of the equation, maybe the ball is a little bit more controllable. Mm. 
Yeah, quite possibly. But it, anyway, it's a beautiful free kick. Yeah, yeah, but then again, it also I think the for Denmark, I think that the first Honda's free kick played in their mind because at the Sorensen's position, also the wall in front of me were uh, more than slightly towards the uh, to the left. So mm-hmm. from Endo's point of view, just ahead of D, yeah, I think he could see the goal. Uh, quite yeah. a big gap between the post and the goalkeeper. So that's where he went. Okay, now yeah. that's interesting. I mean, Sorensen definitely, yeah, because he then makes a terrible mistake later mm-hmm. on. That mm-hmm. he, oh, yeah. he sort of. Ends up flapping a ball yeah. onto the onto the bar or the yeah. post, and his mind is gone completely. He's lost yeah. all the confidence. So yeah, yeah. That, that makes complete yeah. sense. Because Endo and Honda both at the ball, so I thought I think that the up until the minute that Endo actually took it, I think that they were thinking Honda's going to have another. Yeah, okay. No, no, that makes yeah, that does make complete mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, but, but it was odd. I remember watching that game, thinking two free kicks. You know, mm-hmm. it was more than as I say in the, in the yeah. Fortnite games previously. That's Japan. <laughs> that, well, absolutely. Well, you know, welcome... preparation paid off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> welcome back next time. You yeah, know, you're gonna, but, yeah. this is but Endo happen. is. Uh, I mean, he's he's a great uh, dead ball specialist. He's like our Jorginho. <laughs> You know, well, of course, the the aforementioned um, oh, he played for Celtic uh, Nakamura. Yeah, yeah, I mean he, he was, was a, great. He was great. Yeah, yeah. so they've, they've had a few. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two 0 And I mean, Denmark looked stunned. Did they not? My recollection, and certainly watching back the highlights, they looked stunned. I mean, obviously Sorensen, as as you've mentioned there, mm. but Japan were playing with so much confidence. Yeah, yeah. And Denmark looked shell shocked. Well, I think I think the other thing was Simon Kerr had been a really mm. big part of that defence, and he was suspended. So, so Krogh oh, yeah. came in. So yeah. you know they, they didn't have that that basis they were used mm. to. So I think a combination well. of things have kind of mm-hmm. you know a goalkeeper who's who sort of lost it. The centre back. Mm pairing isn't the same mm-hmm. and Japan playing I think probably much better yeah. than, than they'd expected yeah you, uh, must, you must have been enjoying yourself though Shin in that bar uh, in, in I London. can't say I really enjoyed it at the time <laughs> I thought oh, I was really enjoyed it it was pretty hard to enjoy anything in Rustenburg the minutes was really really long <laughs> <laughs> it was really cold as well. oh yeah it was yeah. during the daytime it was sunny quite nice yeah but, it was, but the night it got really cold yeah, it was yeah, really cold. strange yeah. for a World Cup but yeah. and at the coldness that the Denmark players they came out really early just before the second half and I remember seeing uh Bentner, he was just doing sprints with the coach and I was watching him I was like what are you sub <laughs> he started the game but I, they were really upright for the second half yeah, yeah, yeah. putting the long balls in indeed yeah. but I mean they didn't they didn't really do that that much really I mean you mentioned Sorensen who, who was struggling you know there was a free kick mm. which I'm guessing was a cross because to shoot from that far out would be a it was, it was Endo again wasn't it I think yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah but he flights one in and Sorensen sort of fluffs yeah, it's, it. it's over hit massively and mm. yeah. yeah fluffs it, it but behind him yeah. onto the post yeah. you know so they got away mm. with that one there I suppose three free mm. kicks in one game might have been a bit too much um, even for the 2010 World Cup but but yes, I mean, Denmark really never looked likely. Well, Simon Larson hits the hits the bar with that volley. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah. he does, but it, it's a, it's, a, it's a great effort. A little bit speculative, but it's not a chance that's been carved out. Yes, no, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can see that, yeah, pff, all right, one of those things. It's, yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, they, the ten minutes, roughly ten minutes towards the end, they were awarded a penalty. Yeah, when Daniel Agger was fouled, and and John Dahl Thomason took the kick, and the goalkeeper saved yeah. it. Um, uh, and then he scored the rebound, yeah. which it wasn't the most convincing mm. uh, finishes from the rebound, but but there it was. And then Japan sealed it on the yeah, 87th yeah. minute, of course. Yeah. And that's a beautiful time. goal. It's a lovely... I mean, that's where <laughs> yeah. Honda looks... I mean, in that in that moment, Honda looked like one of the best players in the tournament. You know, the way <laughs> yeah. he kind of skipped past the defender yeah. with ease. Yeah. yeah, And Okazaki topped in. Yeah. yeah. well, it, it, was, it was a beautiful topping from, from my point of view. <laughs> but it was a lovely... But Honda made that such oh, yeah, a lovely yeah, goal. Yeah, it's returned yeah. past... It's Ramadal, weirdly. I don't know why he's so deep. Yeah. He spins past Ramadal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he could he, shoot himself. He could have scored himself, but Akazaki's in space, yeah, not yeah, going to miss, yeah. uh, and, and taps yeah. it in the empty but net. Do you know that what the Honda said after the game about his, you know, his setting up Okazaki's third goal. He was saying that at that moment he thought, uh, he thought 
uh, I'm not really a striker because he's from his mind. In his mind, if he was a real striker, he went for it. Uh, he went for the goal by yeah. himself after in the beating two defenders. Mm. But he chose to pass it. To his he body. prefers an assist. He yeah, said, he, you know, yeah, I've got a goal. Can't be a striker. I don't want to show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was actually registered as a midfielder in the tournament. All right. So this was this tournament was the first time he led the line uh-huh. as a lone centre forward. Yeah, I mean, it was Japan's second World Cup victory outside of Japan, of course, as you mentioned earlier. And they're, they're second against a, a European side. So it was a huge win. And and those kind of results, I mean, for us in back in, in old England, you know, you, you look at that and you think, well, that's maybe slightly surprising, but you don't realise what a res- what that kind of result means to yeah. a country who, who didn't have a lot of history mm. in the World Cup, of course. Yeah. And it was it was a fairly rare win. But to score three goals in a World Cup, yeah. I mean, if England scored three goals in any game, I'm quite delighted to be. Well, it's got, I mean, that was, I think, come to be the highest scoring game in, in Rustenburg. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a good That goal. was an awful World Cup. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just, uh, <laughs> and Rustenburg, was, Rustenburg was such a miserable time. <laughs> but I don't know why England decided to base themselves there as well. Because Capello mm. loves misery, doesn't he? Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But it was, um, the, the town basically had two streets. It was, it was a very small place. And um, there was these, these, I think it was four enormous shops selling gravestones. And a couple of people, you know, in the first sort of week of a tournament sort of wrote diary comments making jokes about these these tombstones mm. and whatever. And I, I sort of like, oh, I don't know, yeah, I'm not sure we should be making jokes about tombstones. And then I, I sort of did some research into why. And it's because the, the juvenile death rate from HIV is so high oh, that sort of, yeah, to, to, to give meaning... Or, you know, some some sense of of importance mm. to a you know lives ended horrifically young. You you buy a massive tombstone. You kind of really invest in that to sort of try and sort mm. of compensate for the early loss of life. You sort of think, God, what a bleak, awful place. Yeah, I mean that is quite heavy, isn't it? And yeah, in, t- in terms of sort of uh, just somewhere to go out, mm. you had to go to the shopping centre out of town. <laughs> That's it. And if you didn't have a car. Mm. I don't know how, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a car, so I had to, and I can't drive. So I, I had to kind of get lifts out of the shopping centre to eat in one of the two half-decent restaurants. Yeah. It was a really miserable place. Mm. But, I mean, so, and the football there, this game aside, and then Ghana beat the US there in the last 16. Those, I mean, those are the only two half-decent games. Yeah. But I mean, the, the yeah, 2010 World Cup, it was a funny old one, but it was only the backdrop of the first World Cup in Africa that was its saving grace, really, because yeah. the football wasn't great. Yeah, you know, but of course, from a Japanese point of view, this game was rather enjoyable. <laughs> well, I, can't, I can't say football is really great, but uh, you know, well, the game against Paraguay, can I suggest, was one of the worst games of football ever played. <laughs> really? How about the, the first game in Cameroon? Because I remember. Hang on, hang on. I, this I, is I, the same tournament England drew nil-nil with Algeria. That one takes a biscuit. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, at least you had a penalty shootout in that yeah, one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that the, uh, we played against England in one of our four preparation games? I think we oh, played England. That. Oh, that's in, right. Yeah, in, in Austria, one all, and in, in four games, no, 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 uh, two one England, one two, two one. England. But uh, in four games, we conceded nine and scored only one. That one goal came from England game. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, we're very charitable. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think, but, but going into that game against Demo, they'd lost five out of six, I think, mm. Japan. So it wasn't so, to to get to the knockout stage of a World Cup was was huge for it, it's Japan. A huge thing, yeah. It really was, and Paraguay who. Only really narrowly beaten by Spain, although everybody was narrowly beaten mm. by Spain, who would go on to win the tournament, of course, with all those one nils. But but they but they, yeah they lost five three on on penalties. Yeah, but I mean well, that was a, I mean it was a decent Paraguay side. It was I mean, a decent Paraguay. They were not side. good to watch, but they, it was <laughs> Tata Martino was yeah. the manager. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they they got to the quarters. 
the, they got the final of the oh, of the Copa America in 2011. Oh, with Uruguay beat them. And got, you were beaten by Uruguay. But didn't they get there without winning a game? Was that them? And that, that was a Tata Martino way. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work so well with Barcelona. I was, about to, say, I was about to say, how did he get the Barcelona job? But there we are. It, it, it's strange. But the, the, the Japan manager, you know, they were very defensive, obviously, by the mm. nature of, sort of nil-nil against Paraguay. And I understand Paraguay were a very dogged opponent. But um, Takeshi Okada said, after the Denmark game, I did not want to concentrate only on defence. I told them to summon all their courage to be aggressive. Why didn't he take that approach against Paraguay? Or perhaps he didn't. Were they snuffed out? Well, I think it's just a peer pressure for being in the knockout stage. Yeah, because uh, that against Denmark, you know, uh, I think you know we could even a draw would do, but uh, that that sort of like gave uh, us a, as a courage that need to go forward. You know, mm. yeah, go on attacking. And uh, while the uh, qualifiers, Asian qualifiers, and Okada tried to play more attacking football, mm. but uh, once the tournament started, he he just uh, uh, became uh, made aware of the reality, so that we can't really you know, go all attacking. So. You have to be solid, yeah. Mm. But so something that fascinated me, and I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know how to read this, but I think I think it was two thousand and eight, maybe it's, maybe two thousand and nine. I, I, I went to Japan and I went to the you know the, the National Football Museum oh, yeah, in, yeah, in Tokyo, yeah. and they have this sort of back then they had this sort of video. Uh, it's a twenty minute program, and I think it was about qualifying for the 06 World Cup, mm. but the tone of it was really really weird. <laughs> And you know, in my head, going there, Japan are the Asian superpower. They, they, you know, they've mm. they've won mm. three Asian cups in a row. Yeah. They, you know, the, the course they should qualify. But, the tone but then is, look at Egypt in Africa. Well, that's true. Yeah, but the tone of this of this video was very much our plucky lads. You know, going to mm. I don't know Tajikistan or wherever, <laughs> and they came away with a two-one win. The heroes. <laughs> and I was watching, thinking, like, is this video just sort of made for kids who are used to sort of a the Captain Subasa sort oh, yeah, of storyline yeah. of it's always got to be the underdog. Mm-hmm. Or is this actually kind of how football is seen in Japan? That there's sort of this sense of inferiority, which is completely unjustified, mm. certainly on history post mid 90s. Mm, yeah. But I think back then we are still viewed as, a, you know, pretty much an underdog, I think. Yeah. I mean, even uh, when the groups, uh, grouping were made, and uh, one of the Japanese papers that uh, carry out the, uh, uh, the, the opinion poll uh, done in Denmark, and at the time, Eighty percent of the, the uh, Danish people who responded to the poll said that, that they would qualify, their team would qualify, and the naming the Japan as the bottom of the group, and that's what we saw as well. Yeah, yeah, it's so, fascinating. So after that, Japan, how was the team received then? Because presumably, on the on the basis of that Denmark game, people were quite proud of what yeah, they achieved. I think we are quite positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we can't say really, you know, cheerful because, as you said, you know, that the manner we lost in against Paraguay was quite grim. Yeah. It's still only it's narrowly, draw, edged. Though. I mean, yeah, it's narrowly it's edged draw. out and yeah. penalties. So there's yeah. a lot of teams have claimed that a penalty shirt defeat isn't really a defeat at all. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, they have. So, the, But this game was crucial for Japan in that they, did they feel like, hang on a minute, we belong on the world stage. You know, we, oh, yeah, we belong so. at the World Cup now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not totally belong, but as I said at the beginning. That, but not, uh, not completely yeah. out of place. Because no, I think, no, not out of place. Because I think, you know, yeah. you go back to say 98. Yeah, we could from, compete, yeah. We could exactly, compete. you go yeah. back to, was it 98 was their yeah. first one, you know. Yeah. And it was kind of like, sometimes when when you view certain sides when they turn up, you think, well, you should be get three points there. Mm. Whereas now I think people think, oh, Japan, yeah, they're, they're, they're a dangerous side. They're, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to see Japan in the second round of, of a World Cup. But there's also, I mean, there's a whole load of stuff's changed there. So, I mean... As as British people, mm-hmm. our exp- you know, our understanding of Japanese football in the nineties was 
the J League, yep. to, to where Gary Lineker and other old yeah, players yeah, go yeah. to finish their careers. Yeah. Whereas now we know Japanese players like mm. Nakamura, like Honda. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're, we're aware of players of that stature, and, mm. and it, it's it's a it's, you know, it's a much more mainstream football nation. Yeah, yeah. and going to this tournament, uh, we only had uh, among the starting eleven, which was the same all through the tournament for us. Uh, there are only three players who were playing abroad at the time. Mm. But after this tournament, another three or four went abroad. Now it's quite normal for us to have the. Uh, Mm-hmm. A player as a national team who's been playing you know, abroad. Yeah, and it, but is this game Europe. is this game in Japan seen as like a turning point? Yeah, I think it's a turning point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, we can say goodbye to the frantic defending for nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, and we we can be more tactical. And also because we confirm that uh, we can we can say that we have a solid a solid enough base to compete in the international stage, so we can move on to the next mm-hmm. uh, next step. Uh, try to win the game actually. Yeah. Why didn't you think of the last World Cup and? How close yeah. they came to, to beating Belgium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Who man, then beat yeah. Brazil, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. That sort of positive change, I think it was only possible. I know we, we've been heading towards gradually that way, but I think this uh, Denmark game and the performance and the win uh, gave us confidence, actually, to do to hmm. move on to go for the next stage. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's been fascinating unpacking it with you, Shin. A yeah, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Me. No, not at all. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan as always. Uh, for more stories like that, do check out theblizzard.co.uk, of course. Uh, but thank you very much for tuning in. That was the, the Greatest Games podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Uh, come back next week for another great game from the history of football. See you then. This was a Stakhanov production.